mystery of life and awesome mystery in your death we are reborn though you die in all of history still you rise with every morn still you rise with every truth once spoken, love passed on through act and word. Every person lost and broken, where's the body of our Lord? Where's the body of our Lord? Christ you lead and we shall follow stumbling though our steps may be. Born with you in joy and sorrow, we the river, you the sea. We the river, you the sea. God of all our fear and sorrow, God who lives beyond our death. Hold us close through each of tomorrow. Love as near as every breath. Love as near as every breath. Good morning, and welcome to Worship with St. Matthew Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Eric Terrazzo. It is a pleasure to have you with us. This is the fifth Sunday in Lent. Today we remember that God renews. And so as we look out upon the world and see the beginnings of the flowers, we can remember the new birth that God promises. And so as we move into the time of thinking of God renewing, let us start by confessing our sin and our need for renewal. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who forgives all our sin, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done 
and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, with steadfast love, you draw us to yourself, and in mercy you receive our prayers. Strengthen us to bring forth the fruits of the Spirit, that through life and death we may live in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now it is the children's time. Good morning. Peace be with you. So good to have this time with you this week. So I'm wearing my burlap. Have you been wearing it during this Lent? We've been wearing it for a few weeks now. So during our time of confession, we put this on, and we've been wearing it to remind us of the ways that we don't always follow God, the ways we don't always pay attention to God. Now, if you've been wearing it every week, maybe you're having the same problem that I am, that it's kind of falling apart. All these strings are coming off. But I think that's actually a good reminder, because 
I think one of the things that God does in our life is kind of hold everything together. On our own, we kind of fall apart. But God is the one that holds things, even though we can't always keep it all together and we make mistakes. God's always there, and God's always with us in keeping together. And so I think it, it's kind of helpful, a reminder that when we forget to pay attention to God, things kind of fall apart. And so as we move to Easter, we can remember how much we need God to hold us together. So I'm keeping mine wearing it each week, even though it's falling apart, to help me remember I really need God. And God really loves me and wants to hold things together. So maybe that can work for you, too, as you wear it each week, to remember all the ways that God helps us out. Thank you so much. The first reading is from the book of Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. The word of the Lord. Mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. In your great compassion, blot out my offenses. Wash me through and through from my wickedness and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my offenses and my sin is ever before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are justified when you speak and write in your judgment. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Indeed, I was born steeped in wickedness a sinner from my mother's womb. Indeed, you delight in truth deep within me and would have 
me know wisdom deep within. Remove my sins with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be purer than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness, that the body you have broken may rejoice. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my wickedness. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with your bountiful spirit. Create in me a clean heart, O God. The second reading is from the book of Hebrews. Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Having been designated by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let your steadfast love come to us, O Lord. Save us as you promised. We will trust in your word. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Let your steadfast love come to us, O Lord. Save us as you promised. We will trust in your word. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 12. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, 
Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of the world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Do you know that feeling that you get when you realize everything has fallen apart, that you're left on your own, feeling abandoned? For me, I feel it a bit in the classic pit of the stomach, but even more right in the center of the chest, like all the strength is draining from me. That deadening feeling of being cast out, rejected. I remember find the first time being told to find a new school for my son. We're not expelling him, they said. We are releasing him because we can't meet his needs. We had not yet identified that there were special needs, nor were there resources to do so in such a small, relatively backwater area. But in a small provincial city, an elite international school is a place that many people look to for perfection, where everything has to be just right. And special needs can be seen as imperfections that cause disruptions that cannot be tolerated. And so a group of parents insisted, and the school administration agreed, that we needed to be cast out. And I say we, not just him. In an international move, especially to a very different culture, it takes a long time to build relationships with local people. And so the initial community is usually the expat community. And for families, that means the international school. And so being part of that school was the key support structure that we had, the friendships we first made, the anchor that kept us going. So it wasn't just that we needed to find a new school for one of our sons. We were cast out from the community that we knew. People we had thought of as friends stopped returning calls. Our other son, still at the school, stopped being invited to playdates and birthday parties sometimes told explicitly because of his brother. 
we were viewed as being wrong and shameful in our very being. We had become invisible to others in a very real way, non-persons. There were a blessed few exceptions, a few people who continued to acknowledge us. They had no idea the power behind their simple hello. And so as I watched things slowly unravel over a few months, I became familiar with that feeling in my chest. And yet, my story is hardly unique. In fact, there are many aspects of privilege within it. Nonetheless, that does not make that feeling any less real, any less painful. More than anything, though, it highlights all of the ways that we humans draw these lines, decide who is in and out, identify certain people as invisible, as objects of shame rather than as people. The criteria change from place to place, time to time, culture to culture, but the basic dynamic of casting out does not. Most of those lines have little to do with the actions or choices we make and more to do with the images that the people in the center of the group have of what perfection looks like. Fall on the wrong side of that image and you are cast out or more likely forgotten. But you get the message, you're worthless, invisible, a non-person. And too often the people in the center don't even notice this because you have simply fallen out of their view of concern. That's the thing about becoming invisible. Perhaps you have felt some of the scorn of being cast out, of being shamed and rejected for who you are. Perhaps you know that feeling well. You can describe where in your body you feel that sense of rejection. And at the same time, most of us have also drawn unhelpful lines that leave others out. Lines that turn other people into non-people. Perhaps not intentionally, but fail to see people as true people nonetheless. And this one is harder to know about because we don't feel it or notice it when we do it, at least until someone points it out to us. We just go about our days as usual, not thinking about what's beyond the limits of what we see. That's the thing about becoming invisible. But the dynamic is still there. The people left out, feeling shamed and invisible. There's certainly a greater level of acceptance for special needs here, but those lines are not gone. The rejection can still be felt. Personally, we have not experienced that, encountered it here, but I know that it's there, and I know some have felt it. And let's not forget the other ways the people's humanity becomes invisible <clears throat> and treated, excuse me, and treated as shameful. <clears throat> Certainly, our world is full of ways of making, of losing sight of the humanity of others. For all that it went on with the shootings in Atlanta this week, all the dynamics, they're complex, many different layers, but certainly part of it is that the shooter had stopped seeing those women as humans and had seen them as objects of shame. And we see the violence that comes from it. And yet there's also so many other smaller micro ways that these things happen. So what does this have to do with Lent 
with our theme of God acts, of God renews. Our reading from the Gospel of John today is one of those readings where language seems to go round and round and hard to follow. Jesus says, those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Seems round and round. And he also says that the hour for the Son of Man to to be glorified has come. What does all this mean? God being glorified and hating your life in order to keep it? Too often, we think of God's glory as something out of this world. But that's not how God's glory acts. That's not how God works. God's glory is in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. When Jesus talks about being glorified, he's talking about the cross. And God's glory is a force of transformation in this world. Jesus is talking about the ways that the cross functions in our world. He's talking about the ways that the people of this world bring death on one another. He is speaking of the lines and labels we humans draw, making people shamed and invisible. The cross marks Jesus as an outcast, as a non-person who is cursed and forgettable, as invisible to those at the center of society. The glory of Christ is to show that in being cast out, God brings new life. God brings hope to the forgotten, to the expelled, the struggling, the victims of violence, because that is where God is found, in the cross. Jesus goes into the parts of human life that humans do not want God to go into, to the places we don't like and want to forget about. Jesus stands there, making them visible and embracing the shame. Jesus' glory is being lifted up before all to see, to look upon the God who is an outcast from human society. Jesus' glory is not being lifted out of this world, whisked away into heaven and away from everyday struggles. Jesus is lifted up in shame so that we may see God in is present in what we think of as shameful, the cross. We see that God is present in the rejection of being crucified, visible in what we wish were invisible. Jesus says that those who wish to serve him must also go to those places, to leave the honorable comfort zones and follow the God that enters into the weakness and struggles of life. And he says that is where new life is found. It's here that God renews us, makes us truly visible in God, truly free of shame and free to live as God's people, reaching out to others in love. When we are the forgotten and the rejected, we find the promise of God coming to find us where we are. True humanity is able to be seen. And in doing that, Jesus says that he draws all people to himself, insiders, outsiders, Jews and Greeks, male and female, saint and sinner, perfect and imperfect, whatever set of labels we choose to use to divide. In Christ crucified, all are drawn together to receive the loving grace of God and to be called to see one another 
in love. To be the community of Christ, then, is to follow Jesus across the lines that we encounter, the ways that we see some people in the center and others on the forgotten edges. The community of Christ is the community that declares that true life is found in death, the death of Christ, in the glory that comes in finding God on the outside of our ways of acting. And so to be church today means to listen for the forgotten voices, to see God at work as those targeted as outsiders. Who is it that is forgotten, whose identity is considered unworthy and shameful? There are those around us in our communities who walk around with that deadened feeling every day. In a million tiny ways, their worth is challenged again and again. Many of you, I have no doubt, carry experiences of that deadened feeling, wherever it is that you feel it, perhaps even today. If you do, know that God is with you there, that Jesus came to walk with you in that struggle. If you don't know that experience, blessings upon you. That's wonderful. Know, too, that many do. And more than that, Jesus here specifically calls us to follow him into those spaces of grief, of struggle, of disrepute. Jesus calls on us at minimum to be that blessed smile, that hello, that acknowledges the humanity of another that is too often forgotten. Those people in our community, those people in our church, those people all around us reach out and see the, the real humanity that is there to be a place that does accept and bring in those who are forgotten and show them that they are loved. So when we are strong, may the Spirit stir up in us the kind of discomfort that causes us to reach out, to hear the stories of hurt and rejection that are around us, to be the servants of Jesus who give up the calm of our lives for the sake of joining him in the struggles of others. May we be that blessed voice through the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit move with us all that we might find new life, rejoicing in the God who is lifted up, making the invisible visible. Thanks be to God, the God who sees us. Amen. Darkness, 
night and death. We were baptized in Jesus, into his death and grave, to resurrection's promise, praise and eternal life. Heaven's own praises begin. As we meet at your table, give us the bread of life. Lord, we do thank and adore you, unceasing praise of the ages, rises from night and death. Let us now confess our faith using the words of the, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Relying on the promises of God, we pray boldly for the church, the world, and all in need. We pray that this season of Lent may quiet our hearts and open our senses to the ways that God acts in our lives and the ways that God calls us forth to act in response. We give thanks for those who respond to the call to love by giving of their lives in the service of others. We lift up those who are lonely and isolated and need to feel God's action in their lives more fully. We pray for this scattered church, that it may be held together in Christ's love until we can return to our common life in physical form. In all these things, we look to the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts and lives, that we may be moved to act in faith. You wash us through and through and remember our sin no more. Make your church a community of forgiveness throughout the world. Give your people courage to forgive. Through them, show the world new possibilities. Bless ministries of repentance and reconciliation. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy, mercy is, is great. great. You fill the earth. 
from tiny grains of wheat to the mighty thunder with your presence and you call us to attend to your will for all creation. Grant weather that prepares the soil for seeds. Protect all from violent storms, flooding and wildfires. Hear us, O God. Your mercy, mercy is, is great. great. You promise to write your law on our hearts. Guide citizens throughout the world to shape communities that reflect your mercy, justice, and peace, and give them creativity to work for the welfare of all. Hear us, O God. Your mercy, mercy is great. great. You sustain us with your bountiful spirit. Restore the joy of all who need to know your presence, those who are lonely or feel unforgivable, isolated or homebound. We pray for all of those who need to sense your presence with them, especially Nancy Beth, Dallas, Marge, Karen, Paul, John, Janet, Avis, Alexis, Dave, Chris, Elise, Patricia, and Willie. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy, mercy is great. great. Your mercy endures forever. For those who are sick, who need healing of mind or body, those who are dying, especially Mike B, Denise, Skip, Tom, Anita, Susan, Lauren, Marion, and comfort to those who mourn. Hear us, O God. Your, Your mercy, mercy is great. Jesus calls us to follow him in life and death. Empower this congregation in discipleship. Equip children and teachers in Sunday school, confirmation, and learning ministries. Strengthen this congregation's ministries of care and concern as we pray, especially for Alexander, Andrew, Kate, Joanna and Matilda, Florence, Max and Jana, Nathan and Caitlin, Dave and Jessica. Give us your truth and wisdom and teach us to follow Jesus. Hear us, O God. Your mercy, mercy is, is great. great. In the cross of Christ, your name is glorified. We praise you for those who have given us words to worship you. With all those who have died in Christ, bring us into life everlasting. Hear us, O God. Your mercy, your mercy is great. We entrust ourselves and all our prayers to you, O faithful God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let us share signs of that peace.
and God's peace to you. Once again, good morning and welcome to worship via live stream at St. Matthew Lutheran Church. We're tickled you've joined us today and we hope you'll continue to do so. Please join Pastor Eric and Cantor Dave this Wednesday evening for the final midweek Lenten worship service of this season via Zoom at 7.30 p.m. And regarding Holy Week services, both Maundy Thursday and Good Friday will be live streamed on our YouTube channel at 7.30 p.m. On Maundy Thursday at 1.45, there will be a Zoom service, Words of Consecration, followed by a 2 p.m. drive-through for the Sacrament of Holy Communion. That's Maundy Thursday. Additionally, on Good Friday at 3 p.m. in the parking lot, Pastor will provide a short service for children to better understand the significance of that day. And the Morristown tradition of Good Friday midday worship, the seven last words of Christ, will continue virtually this year. Trinity Episcopal Church is coordinating seven ministerium pastors, including Pastor Eric, who will speak on word number four. Look for more information regarding that subject. This morning in Adult Forum, the Green Team will present a real-life environmental superhero, Ali Parvin, now Pressel. We look forward to seeing her again. Also, just 10 more days to petition the Memorial Fund for distributions from the three categories listed in the March Messenger. Submissions are due by March 31st. Contact the office for the form. Next Saturday morning, March 27th, at 10 a.m., you're invited to gather in the parking lot for a blessing and distribution of palms. The following Saturday, April 3rd, St. Matt's is hosting an Easter egg hunt outside. RSVPs are requested to Pastor Peggy by 28th, retired Pastor Peggy by March 28th. Then that evening at 6.30 p.m., our current ninth grade confirmands will affirm their baptism as part of an Easter vigil service. The congregation is invited to attend this outdoor event, weather permitting. It'll be indoors for the confirmation families only if the weather is inclement. And looking further ahead to April, mark your calendars to join that Zoom event facilitated by our green team as they present a very special lesson to our Sunday school families. That's April 25th at 11.15. Thank you. Let us pray. God of mercy and grace, the eyes of all wait upon you, and you open your hand in blessing. Fill us with your spirit that we may share of the good you have given us and come to help the help of all in need through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on 
on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God.